Alright, yes, yes, y'all, you're back at it for another one. It's the First Fridays Podcast with your girl, Ali Don, the goddess MC. And today I have a very special guest from Texas. I've got T. Donay, the owner of Female Hip Hop. She's a blogger, supporter of women in hip hop, which I really appreciate. So I really thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Well, I had to have you on the podcast because I noticed how positive you are. You know, we were in a clubhouse room and, you know, sometimes clubhouse tends to stir up a lot of controversy. And I had to jump in a room because they were talking about what should female MCs talk about. And you were in the room and you had some positive things to say. So I want to ask you about your background. Like what made you fall in love with hip hop and even carve a space out? for yourself in the blog space so i always loved hip-hop music my very first album that my parents had me rapping to was a harlem world by mace if you know who mace was yeah. i just told my age too but that was my first album and then um i fell in love with southern hip-hop through pimp c ugk bumby because i'm from texas yeah. and um i continued to dig deeper into it and i fell in love with trina trina yes. la chat yes and so when I fell in love with them, I fell in love with Southern female hip-hop um, in whole. And I always listened to the new artists, even in college, before I graduated with my bachelor's in history. I was at Prairie View introducing my friends to new artists, so they knew to come to me to look for something new. So when I got in my first career in teaching, I loved teaching, mm-hmm. but I also loved the blog, so I had to find a way to balance those. So around 2018, I decided to start blogging these female rappers at the time I was just blogging like you know Tokyo Jets uh, Megan Thee Stallion girls that were kind of up and coming at the time but now that are big stars and I decided to go ahead and take it a step further and start actually hitting people up to do interviews and I've been interviewing male and females across the deep south everywhere um getting them to just tell their story of who they are as an artist and also make it positive because People see a lot of negativity with these blogs for new artists. I just want to focus on who they are as an artist and just support their music for what it is instead of just trying to put them in drama and mess. You know, and that and it's a rare find to have that. So what you do is definitely appreciated in this space, most definitely. And then also I want to give a couple of shout outs. Shout out Prairie View. You mentioned that. <laughs> shout out to all yes, the ma'am. educators as well. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right, and you said a lot of dope names. I mean, La Chat, Tokyo Jets, Trina, I mean, and Mace, too. I mean, Harlem World, I mean, that was a great album, too. So you have a lot of great musical influences that I respect and appreciate, for sure. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I just try to make sure that uh, hip-hop just stays where it is. I love Southern hip-hop, but hip-hop in itself is just beautiful across the nation, even across the world, and the U.K., and then also the Afrobeats in Africa that started to pick up, so, yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, now, what makes you want to be a positive blogger if we know that controversy normally is what sells? I feel like it's just to change the narrative. Um, For me, hip-hop, people see it as something, for years, even when it came out, it was a gimmick. And people see it for something that's just, like, bad and street culture. But in reality, it's us telling our stories, people that grew up in the Bronx when it was burning, that were telling their story in the 1978s to, like, the 85 in California, the gangster music, they were telling their story. This is what they saw every day. And then for the South, it was the, the gut of the trenches. They were just telling their story of what they did and how they cared about the little that they had. So for me, being positive about it is showing the world that this thing that people want to hate or ban from schools, reality is what keeps 
you know, a lot of our kids going and a lot of our people going to work. Like, I've been in corporate America where I would hear people jam trap music on the way to work. And even though they're not doing that, they still mm-hmm. jamming it because it's something that it, it, it ignites the grind, the hustle. So I feel like being positive, showing those images and showing that these people are trying to make it out. They're not trying to live this life forever is just what needs to happen. It needs to change the narrative of the way we blog and the way we present hip-hop to the world. Yeah, and then hopefully we can just get larger platforms too because sometimes those negative storylines, oftentimes they do overshadow the positive. Yes, ma'am, it does. So, you know, sex also sells. You know, these are one of the marketing tactics that have been known for a very long time. So how necessary do you think it is for women in rap to use their sex appeal, whether it's in their looks or even in their rhymes? I think it is okay to a certain degree. This is where I feel that we need to advisory our lyrics. And some, for example, some kids don't need to hear that at a young age. They don't need to hear that. But grown women, I would say grown like 21 up, it's okay to hear that because sexuality for black women, we never got to explore it. So us being proud of our sexuality is okay because for a long time it, we were over-sexualized. We can't just be permit, presenting to girls, oh, you get your body done, he gonna trick on you. And that's not necessarily true. You get your body done, but if you still hate yourself, you're not gonna look good. So we still gotta find ways to like make sure girls, young girls are loving themselves for who they are first. Yeah. Then enjoying and understanding the them becoming a woman and then using that sexuality in a way to empower themselves but not to use someone or manipulate someone because it's all stages to it and if it all hits a young girl for example on instagram too early if a 14 year old girl sees a cardi, cardi b song or megan Thee stallion or city girl song and they try to use it too early they're not going to understand what they're talking about and, and like a grown woman that's like 24 she understands because she's getting to those phases in her life of what those women are talking about. So it just needs to be advisory, some guidance on it, and actual, like, mentorship before it hits these masses of young women. So it's a good and a bad for that. It stages to it the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of inner beauty, too. Like, inner beauty is just as important as the outer beauty. If you think you look good when you look in the mirror, that's important that you like what you Mm -hmm. see when you look in the mirror, but also in internally you're happy with who you are as a woman how you present yourself to the world your character that's also important and it shines through just like you said that men will pick up on that you know just because you look Mm -hmm. good on the outside yeah they could tell if somebody's got low self-esteem and you know you'll get treated badly by some predators unfortunately that they look for women who have low self-esteem that is unfortunate so that's why it's so important like if we're going to push this sex or we're going to put in our music Make sure, like, girls, like, one of my favorite songs right now is uh, Love Yourself by Ken the Man. That's another female rapper that I've been really listening to. And um, that's it's on her album, What's Your Name? And I know it's kind of pretty purple, but it is what it is. I love that album. Yeah. And she talks about how, you know, nobody love, nobody proud of you or nobody loves you. You got to love yourself. And even though she talks about, like, you know, all the other songs, that's her first song and how she opened her album up with that. To kind of get women and even teenage girls that probably download the album to kind of love who they are, look in the mirror, see if they're happy with themselves before they start listening to the other songs talking about, like, sex or just life or just how she's stunned and stuff like that. So I loved how that album was opened up. And I I want more females to make songs like that more often or at least put more of those songs on their CDs and mixtapes. Like, I started 
making music a couple years ago i released my first two songs they were a little bit ratchet and then i was like you know what let me use my platform to honor god with my craft Mm -hmm. so so i released a couple of christian hip-hop songs so yes i have another song i'm gonna play it later on in the podcast i'm gonna debut it right here so i'm really excited so you can make sure you keep it locked for that but i want to ask you what do you think is more influential is it the lyrics that females are talking about in hip-hop or the images that are on social media like which ones do you think have more of a negative influence for younger kids um, it's the image, um, because you could, the city girls or the girls, they can, they can say something, but you're not really going to follow it. Mm-hmm. But the images, like, for example, the BBL figure mm-hmm. that's been going crazy for the past, I would say 2016 mm-hmm. to about now when people knew what BBLs were, which is a Brazilian, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, in a 360 lipo, that's what BBL is. That image has made like 16 and 17 year old girls want to get their body done when they turn 18 and that's not fair because your body has not developed yet I've been a victim of it I wanted to get a BBL six months ago like yeah I need a BBL and then I finally looked at myself I was like I don't need a BBL I'm 26 I've turned 27 but that image in itself like it's crazy frontals like having frontals and straight hair like a lot of these girls are natural, but they don't wear their natural hair out. So they're always wearing frontals and things like that. So a lot of young girls don't even know that your favorite female artist has kinky curls like them or things of that sort. So, like, the image itself is detrimental. Like, women don't even rap and they have a crazy female rapper like following because of their image itself. Yeah, I agree with that. The only thing is, like, just growing up, I didn't have a lot of knowledge on how to care for my natural hair. And I think a lot of us have that same issue. We're dealing with a dry climate sometimes, or we're dealing with a lot of breakage. We don't know what to do. We're not even using the right tools or utensils in our hair or the right products is damaging our hair. And so we just go ahead and put that wig cap on. We go ahead and get that (laughs) lace front and just shove it down. I used to wear wigs. I'll just smash my hair down up underneath that wig. I don't know what my hair is doing under there. So, yes. so yeah, so we do need the, the knowledge also on how to care for our hair so that we can grow our hair long and strong so we don't have to wear that fake hair all the time. Yes. <sighs> Lord, mercy. Or at least know how to put those braids in and take them down the appropriate time right? so we can at least let our hair breathe. Yeah, I've been rocking these faux locks for quite some time. I get so many compliments. I'm like, let me just go ahead and leave them for now. <laughs> <laughs> that was me a couple weeks ago. I just yeah, took mine down. You know. You know, but that's part of the beauty of it all, too, how we can be so versatile with our different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. But it's good for us to be able to embrace our natural beauty. And again, just like what we see when we look in the mirror and, and take good care of ourselves and our body, our skin, including our hair as well. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. Okay. So let me circle back to the conversation that was going on on Clubhouse when we were talking about, like, what should female rappers talk about? So in your opinion, like, based on, you know, you're a hip hop historian and you follow a lot of females in hip-hop what do you think female rappers should talk about in order to be taken seriously versatility like i don't think it's just one subject but just be versatile like for example if i'm gonna go to the club with my girls i want to hear you talking your rah-rah your high stuff but if i'm in a bad mood or if i had a bad breakup can you talk about some stuff like you know a bad breakup like you know and there's some female rappers that do that but talk about a bad breakup if i'm going through a depression or you know mental illness talk about like what it feels like do that because there are some women that do feel like that but they just don't want to rap about it 
um, women just, we need to be more versatile. Like, um, I'm not saying that we need to all be 3D to T's and um, Rhapsodies, but we also don't all need to have to be Cardi B's and Megan Thee Stallions. We could be in the middle, like Lakia, like Rocky Bad, like um, other female rappers that are out, that are, and that's just a, a few that I named that are versatile. Tokyo Jets, like, they can talk about different topics. And I think those girls don't get the recognition that they want is because they don't sell sex or they don't sell complete consciousness. People look for, with females, they look for the, the alternative side to pin them against each other. But if a, if a female rapper like Lakia or Rocky Bad rides in the middle and can do both, they really don't get that shine. So I think um, people say they want versatility in female rappers, but they should be winning Grammys and BET Awards and BMAs, but they're not. So I, it's like a weird conversation hearing that on Clubhouse because like they were talking that talk, but in reality, there's countless numbers of women that do that and nobody's paying attention to them because people want to pin them against each other more than anything. No, and that's that's unfortunate and it does happen, you know, and it's it's so sad, you know, I was in a room where there was a lot of artists playing their music and, you know, there was a an artist on there. She was talking her rah rah, you know what I'm saying? It was like a male bashing song. That's how she was feeling at the time. The men in the room, they was not having it. They were not feeling this song. <laughs> they were like, Oh no, you gotta talk about something else. We don't wanna hear this, you know. But then a dude, he plays his song and he's talking about smashing all kind of broads and then oh I don't love you and all this and they're like, Oh yeah, bro, that's sick. Yeah, that song is ill. I'm like, Really? Like you're so you're so excited about this dude that's just downing women, you know, calling them all kind of names, smashing and all this. They're like, oh, that bar is hot. Okay. But then you got a woman that's talking about how y'all ain't nothing. And then it's like, they can't stand it. Yeah. So it's definitely a double standard. Yes. Very so, much a double standard in hip hop. So it's like, we can't, I mean, we can be ourselves. We don't really necessarily need to fit in anybody's box because someone is always going to have something to say about yep. whatever it is that we're doing. And just like you said, there are, there are artists like Rhapsody and, and Jean Grey, you know, who are very lyrical, but they're just not on that, that big scale like other artists are who are a little bit more sexualized in their presentation, which is unfortunate, you know, because they've got killer pins, bars for mm-hmm. days, you know, and oftentimes they get overlooked and they've been in the yeah. game for years. Yeah. So let me ask, yeah. so, so how much of a female rapper's success do you think has to do with other elements like their relationships and not even like romantic relationships but just their ability to network their ability to hustle and promote themselves like how much of that is part of the whole package it's 50 50 it's 50 50 your looks well i can say this it's yes 50 your looks and the other part is 25 your skills and 25 your hustle because you can look good and still get in the room that that a woman that doesn't look as good as you can get in the room that i'm gonna be honest with it's pretty girl privilege is very real i hate to say that Mm -hmm. um but it is but the other 25 you actually have to have bars like you actually have to be willing to know how to rap or be willing to let somebody show you how to rap better that means have writers have somebody develop you and then you have to have a hustle because I know a lot of girls, being a female hip-hop blogger, I know a lot of girls that come up to me and they can't rap. And so it's an automatic no for me because if you can't rap, like, I'm not putting you on here. I'm not a, I'm not a, a what you call, I'm not the shade room. I'm not just putting you up here because you look good. Because you can't rap. The people that follow my blog don't tell me you can't rap. Okay. And then um, you have to have a hustle. So if I don't see, if I go to your page, you say you rap, you say you do this, and then I go to your page, you only got two pictures and one of them is you posing and 
Dubai, I'm not going to take you serious because I, I need to see some work. Like, I need to see some freestyles. I need to see a single release. I would love to see a YouTube link in your bio. I don't care if you have five views or 500,000 views. I need to see something in your bio showing me that you're rapping. Um, if, you know, if I Google, if I look up your name and I don't see at least one or two singles on uh, Apple Music, I use Apple Music or Spotify or Amazon Music, uh, and it's not, you know, from the last year and a half, I'm not going to take you serious because you got to be hustling. Like, record labels these days want to see if you actually care about your dream. This is not the 90s where they could just pick you up out the mall and just develop you. Like, they want their product at least potential shown. They didn't have to be developed because it would be no point in having the record label, but they want their product potential shown. So it's, it's about 50% your looks because men, as harsh they are, they want to look at you and be with you and girls want to be with you be you and then 25 percent your rapping ability and the other 25 is your hustle i mean then you said a lot of key points okay so 50 50 so part of it is looks so what is some kind of ways that a woman could enhance her look like say she's not that traditional standard of beauty what are some things that she can do to balance it out she's got skills but maybe she's being overlooked what can a woman do to exude that confidence in her appearance what kind of things that can she do she gotta believe in herself she gotta believe in herself like that is first and foremost if she don't believe she look good nobody gonna believe she look good when she rapping we not gonna feel it in the booth like i've been in the booth for girls that were pretty but they didn't believe they look good because they didn't and when they were rapping and they were talking about it, i'm like i don't believe you and i've been in the booth with a woman that it's pretty, and she thought she was the most beautiful thing walking this earth. And when she raps, she I can hear it. It's like, yeah, you got it. And it is what it is. Like, um, I'm not gonna say that women. There's no such thing as a, like women that are ugly. Cause I don't believe in that. I feel like every woman is beautiful in her own way. But um, you don't have women. Just have to believe it in our heart first. Don't go and get a BBL. Don't go get life. Don't get a no job. Don't, don't do nothing with your lips. Cause if you don't believe you look good in your heart. It's not going to work no matter how much Fendi makeup you put on, how much fashion over you put on, no matter how much lace front you put on, lashes, whatever. If you don't believe you look good, it's not going to work because we could hear it in your um, lyrics. We could hear it when you rap. For people mm-hmm. like me, that's like connoisseur, that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. like you just have to love yourself. So I would go to the Bible, ask God to to give you strength to make you believe that you look good because you're made in his image anyway, so. Yeah, and that's something to think about, too. Well, amen, first and foremost, you know, and that's something to think about, too, because beauty beauty fades for all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if someone does think like they, the you know, the hotness right now, now even the Bible says, like, enjoy your days of your youth, your futile youth, you know, it's like you're living it up, you're spontaneous, you're excited, you're looking good. Okay, yeah, enjoy it. But those days are going to be over. So what's going to be left when those youthful days are gone and the beauty is fading? You've got to have something else that you love about yourself. Because when you look in the mirror, I mean, that's the only thing that's going to really be able to keep you going and stay positive. With your head lifted up high, you have to have a reason to still hold your head up. So I think positive affirmations is also good too. You know, just looking in the mirror or sometimes I would even write things like I accept the best. I believe the best, you know, I am the best. You know, there was a a show called um, Being Mary Jane. Like that was um, a few years back on BET, you know, it was Gabriel Union's character. 
and she would write positive affirmations on post-it notes and stick it all around her house, her mirrors and all that. So every day she could see, you know, that I love myself, you know, just these positive expressions whenever she looked in the mirror. So I think that's a good thing too. Yes, that's all. Yeah, that's all about strengthening yourself. Like if you're not strengthening yourself, like it's not anything you do exterior is not going to fit because your interior is not right. Yeah. And it does come out in your voice, too. You're absolutely right. When you're rapping and you sound confident, you know, we can really hear that in your voice. Just like when someone says that they can hear a smile in your voice. When you're smiling, it's the same thing with your confidence and your self-love. When you're rapping, we'll be able to hear how you really feel behind those lyrics. Yes, ma'am. Very, very much. Okay. So let me ask you about competition, because I like what you had to say about this before. So let me ask you, what do you think about someone who sees what you're doing? They're like, okay, I see T donate. She's from where I'm from, but I'm not doing what she's doing. You know, she's looking lit. She's interviewing all these people. Like, what do you think about people who feel like they need to compete with you to keep up with what you're doing, or they just hate from the sidelines? What do you have to say about those who are like I, that? I honestly have too much going on in my life. <laughs> what about these people that compete with me? I see a couple people from my hometown. I'm from my home area. I'm from the 250 Central Texas stand-up. Um, so that's Temple Clean and um, Waco. That's the uh-huh. Metroplex. And um, I see people from my hometown that are females that try to do what I'm doing, but they don't have the niche that I have, which is the positivity, which is the genuine like. Mm-hmm. So I really don't say nothing to them. I just let them do their thing. Like, oh, you do your thing. But if I see, I have haters, because I am located in Houston. And I don't have any haters in Houston. I have haters in my hometown. And I honestly let them hate because it's free promo. Like, I'm at the point in the blogging where, like, if someone says my name, the first thing that person that's hate, that they're saying my name to or hating on female hip-hop now to, they're going to look it up on Instagram, look it up on Google, and the first thing that's going to pop up is the Instagram, is the WordPress blog, is the uh, Google domain, is the trademark. They're going to look up and be like, wow, this person really moving in the industry. Like, this is dope. And they're going to end up getting on the Instagram, finding the artist they like, following that artist, and giving that artist that free promo. So it's all a chain reaction. So I appreciate the person that's hating because if you hate right now, you just doing all you're doing is helping the artists that I'm supporting get where they need to get. So it is what it is. I don't really take it personal at all. Yeah, and that's a good way to look at it, too. And, you know, one thing, my bishop at the church I would go to, the shout-out City of Refuge, Gardita, California, Bishop Noah Jones, he would say, if you don't have haters, you're not that gifted. That's it. They hated on Jesus. Right? That's another thing. Yes, ma'am. And that's a word, too, for the tough times, because sometimes it does get really hard. I remember a long time ago, Cardi B, when she first was dropping her singles, she got a lot of backlash on social Mm -hmm. media and a lot of people just talking stuff to her and she took it really hard you know some people can let it just roll off their back but for her she would talk about how you know she's trying to get there to the point where it doesn't bother her but it really troubled her so sometimes it can get really tough when people are being very critical of you you know we all have different backgrounds so some might be a little bit more sensitive than others when it comes to that harsh criticism so it's like, how can someone just get to the point where they let it roll off their back? Say they grew up in a town where people were always hating on them or even their family members are downing them and downing their abilities. Like, how do you get that strength within yourself to be able to lift yourself up despite what everybody else is talking about you? I was there before with Cardi B when I was younger. Like, I would say about 
really three, actually a year or so. Um, so what I did is I really just passed my burdens out on God. Like mm-hmm. I would literally read Bible verses. My pastor said at Greater New Life Baptist Church, Pastor Oliver, he said something about like, if it's God's purpose in your life, it would be something that people would be happy to see you. If it wasn't a blessing, if it wasn't something mm-hmm. that was good for you, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be, they would, you know, they wouldn't be yeah. hated. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's I, true. That's how I see, I see things now. It's like, I know it's God's purpose because they're hating on me because they see that it's blessing my life, it's making me happy, and that it's something that God gave me, not something I tried to make myself. I'm not doing something that somebody else wanted me to do. So, and that's how I see it now. Like, I cast my burdens on to God. I'd be like, if this is my passion, God, I know people going to hate, but at the same time, I have to walk in the way you told me to walk. So, that's how I see a lot of things. Amen. Walking in your passion and walking in your purpose, that's something that'll give you the drive through all those tough times. You know, yes, and remembering why you're doing it. I mean, I remember when I was having really tough times, I just was feeling so alone. You know, I was stepping out on faith, following my dreams, and I had some who were close to me hating on me, expecting me to fail. It caught me off guard, you know, and I had to think to myself, I'm like, well, look at what they did to Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I can't think that I'm not going to have some problems. I can't think that I'm not going to have some controversy come my way or people hating on me. And I'm nowhere near close to Jesus. Of course, you know, my my walk with Christ, like I would want to get closer to him, you know, and be more like Jesus if I could, you know. And it's just a, a daily walk, you know, like God is just chipping away anything that's not like him to make me closer to his image, to bring me back closer to him. You know, but I'm like, well, look at what Jesus went through. So I can't sit up here and think that I'm not going to go through nothing when Jesus was the only one. He didn't sin at all. You know, he was tempted, but he never fell. You know, so I'm like, how do I be more like Jesus? You know, it's like he didn't do nothing wrong, but he held on to his conviction and he continued to press forward and believe in what he believed in his purpose the reason why he was brought here on earth to serve that purpose he didn't give up he didn't back down he didn't even do anything to deserve what happened to him when he was put up on that cross you know but he still knew why he was there and he held strong because of his purpose and that purpose is what's going to really drive you forward so you got to be in the industry in whatever industry that is you got to be doing it for the right reasons yep Yep, you can't do it for the love of just having money because that makes you convenient. Um, for me, that's how I felt around a year or two, back in 2019, going through a lot, trying to be an educator and realize that this is not my, education was not my only purpose in life. I had two purposes and during the pandemic, God made me realize that, okay, I need to get back into blogging, need to get back into my love of music, started writing articles, started doing interviews. In 2020, when the pandemic was about to end, and it's been nothing but success from there. And so that's when I knew that, okay, God is letting me know that I cannot just focus on one of my purposes and shun out the other because it's not as convenient. I might have to grind it out mm-hmm. and start it from the ground up to be able to make myself happy. And ever since I've been uh, doing music and doing education, I've been very happy in, in life. And it, I'm at the point where I want to do the music blogging full time so I could actually be able to be fully fulfilled, fulfilled with what my purpose is in life and that's to put this positive content of people out in the world and let them know that you know even though it don't look pretty God is still there absolutely absolutely he's always there the sun is always gonna shine it's gonna come out the next day no matter how tough times might get 
you know that's one thing I had to tell myself too because I'm like dang you know I'm thinking it's so hard right now like what if I just end it all no more pain no more debt no more problems you know and then I would think about like okay well the people who love me the people who care about me like what would they think you know if I just gave up you know I had to think about like how disappointed my loved ones would really be if I just gave up all my hopes, my dreams, gave up on my life, you know. And I remember one day I was just feeling so down and out. Like people were just turning their back on me. And I'm like, all I'm doing is stepping out on faith, following my God-given purpose. And I've got people that are talking crazy about me. They're stealing from me. They're lying on me. Like the worst that you could think possibly could happen. Like all of that is happening to me. And I was just like, you know, I looked up at the sky one day. This is when I was in L.A. Not a cloud in the sky pure blue sky sun was shining the birds were still chirping I was just like you know what no matter what I'm going through life is still going on for everybody else mm-hmm. and the, the sun is still gonna shine no matter what so I'm like you know what it's, it's about what am I gonna do with it what am I gonna do with each day to just continue mm-hmm. to press forward even when it gets tough you know I'm like you know what the sun is still gonna shine and even though it gets tough like life still goes on so it's like what am I gonna do to lift myself up out of this rut and just look up Yes, ma'am. That's that's how it feels. I've been there before through the, the pandemic, and it wasn't even the pandemic that actually gave me the gloominess. It was the before the pandemic. I was at a job teaching, and I don't want to say what school or even say what city, but I was at a job teaching back in 2019. I got hired, and God put me there for assignment. But I think God put me there to realize what my real purpose in life was and how I need to step into that and step on faith because I was so used to like coming in and doing the job and going about my life but I think God been trying to tell me and still trying to tell me that hey you need to do this from the ground up and I got you on everything and it's just hard to believe because I've never done that before but Mm -hmm. in reality I'm starting to understand he really does have me on everything as much as I've been been doing this consistently for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. so it's really it really makes sense yes ma'am yeah absolutely and I really believe if you build it they will come like whatever God put in your heart to build yeah I mean the the success will come if you need people customers they'll come if you need fans they'll come if you build it they'll come most definitely okay so right now I want to take a quick break and debut my brand new single it's yours truly Ali Don featuring NJ the song is called listen to my demo check it out it's right here at thegodcollection.com just breathe on them yeah Ali Don Inc. music it's the goddess MC please listen to my demo please please listen to me we the business honey million I ain't got that but the fellas they be on me on me no cap I get money though that ain't never changed the only thing that switch up is the weight of my chains and the diamonds on my rings the shoes on my feet I'm in the same lane I'm just on a different street ask me who produced the track it's Sally Don that's on that beat it's hard to find good help so I'm doing everything this way heavy breathing down your throat it's because I'm highly favored they still hate me if I'm broke killing all these devils it was murder that she wrote the coldest winter ever I thank God I made a coat chill Say they want a real one, then they want you back when you pack 
Collection.com. You just heard my brand new single. It's called Listen to My Demo. Featuring NJ on the ad list. Big shout out. Song is available right now on all streaming platforms. Now, before we take that break, we're talking to T. Donay from H-Town. And we need to talk about location when it comes to the music business. As you're in Texas now, research shows that if someone wants to accomplish a goal, the location is not really that important. You know, the who, what, when, where, and why. These are the things that we typically have to ask ourselves when we're setting goals. But when it comes to accomplishing a goal, the location could kind of be almost anywhere. So what would you say to someone who thinks that they need to move out of their city in order to boost their career? Um, uh, I'm going to say move 
but your hometown can be your biggest market. And that's what happened to me. My hometown, uh, I did a lot of female hip-hop. I, I live at PV, which is 30 minutes from Houston, which is basically around close to the North Houston area. When I graduated, I moved to Dallas for a year, didn't like it, moved back to PV. And when I started popping off the interviews, I connected with my hometown in the summer of 2020, and I put, like, a top five upcoming artists in Waco, Texas. I put um, my homeboy, Waco Chong, Hot Boy West, my homegirl, Shake Lizzie, and a bunch of different artists uh, on there, J-Rag and TLA Savage, just to shout those artists out because they are doing a lot of things. And so it blew in my city, and everyone's like, wow, what's up? And one of the artists, Tron, uh, Waco Tron, hit me up, and he said, are you a blogger? I said, yeah. Now I've been a fan of his music for years, and he said, well, let me do an interview. I said, great. I had an iPhone 11. I haven't bought a camera yet at this time. I was just doing off my iPhone 11. I propped it up. We did the interview. And it got like 200-something views on YouTube. And then we did another one. I actually bought a camera, and it has 4K views on YouTube. And so what I learned is that my hometown, Waco, Texas, became my biggest market. And still today is when I go home, I get at least two to three interviews booked. Tops. When I'm home, it's like everybody's trying to hit my line or hit my sister's line or even message my mom or dad on Facebook and be like, hey, is your daughter home? I want to interview and so I would say, yes, you can move to get different experiences. I am in Houston, and I'm starting to connect with bigger A&Rs and bigger executives in Houston to get those people from my hometown signed. But if you're from a small town, um, that might be your biggest market because that is, you're the light to them. You're actually their, what I would call a, a, the face of that town mm-hmm. because you decided to get up, move, and move to a place like if you're from the middle of California, move to like inland California, move to LA. You decide to take that jump and move to LA and you're telling everybody about the inland. If you're from St. Louis and you decide to move to Chicago, you might be the face of St. Louis. Or for me, if you're from Central Texas, a country town, Waco, Texas, you decide to move to Houston, which is like five, 10 million people, you're the face for that city and you're the representative. So I would say yes, move. But don't forget about where you come from. Do yeah. not act bougie. Do not yeah. think that. <laughs> don't act brand new. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just uh, go home and make that one of your markets because even if all fall down in the new town that you move in, you could always move back home and rebuild. People that respected you at home will, at, at your hometown will continue to build around you so you could actually revamp yourself and become something and do it all over again. So represent your city, carry your city on your back. Basically, even even if they do you wrong, because I've had people in my city that do me wrong. You just separate, just separate them wrong from the people that they are, and don't put it all on your city. Because I got friends in my city that are artists right now that get done wrong by their own city, but they separate that and just still continue to carry uh, their city on the back to you know to because it's bigger than them. It's a bigger picture than you. Now, if somebody wants to make a name for themselves in the industry, especially in the entertainment industry and in the music industry, it's so important to be extroverted. So what advice could you give to someone who's more shy, they're an introvert, maybe they're a recording artist, maybe they're a dope MC, but they only record in their home studio. They don't do any performances, they don't do any videos, but they kind of need to get out there, but they're just really shy. Like, what do you say to somebody like that? You gotta talk. I was a, I was an introvert actually before the blog. I was an introvert. I was very introverted. You gotta talk if you got a clear vision and you know and you feel or you know that it was God ordained. 
talk, you have to talk because in music, blogging, industry, videography, all that, you have to network. Network, network, network. Like Issa Rae said, it's very important to network out rather than network up. So you have to hit that blogger up on Twitter or hit that producer up on Instagram or even hit that other up-and-coming rapper with a buzz up on Instagram. As much as it kills you, because I know the fear of introverted people is hearing no. I've heard no about five or six times since I've been blogging. I'm probably going to hear no again another five or six times. Oh, wait. Yeah. Somebody out of all my five or six knows I've got 60 yeses. That's right. They're going to get more yeses than no's. And that's why a lot of people are introverted and scared to ask questions because they're afraid of no. You have to be okay with failure. You have to be okay with hearing no because it's going to make you stronger because you're going to get to the point where when you're in that room with that person that told you no six months to two years ago, they're going to have to shake your hand and tell you yes because you're going to be with they big boss or they big dog. You're going to be with them and they're going to have to respect you and they're going to or they're going to regret telling you no because they passed up an artist mm-hmm. that's about to blow or, you know, somebody that you know it, uh, who you are. You might be the artist that blows up and they be like, oh, man, now I got to send them a beat. Like, they going to try I, I gotta pay them to send them to beat or something like this. So yeah, woulda shoulda coulda. Yeah. Yes, very much. Okay, so let me ask you this: so you get approached quite often for different things. So how do you know when to say yes, and how do you know when to say no? I check. I check the vibes. I check the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm one of those people. Also, off a of conversation, like I've been in interviews where I'll just be like, "Yeah, this is corny. This is trash." <laughs> Uh, this it's too negative. Like it's too much. The, the artists doing too much. They trying to flash their guns. They trying oh, to flash their no, no, no. money. I'd be like, oh, nah, <laughs> uh, uh, even a, a girl. They trying to talk about sex a little bit too much. They trying to talk about you know a man spending money on them too much. I'd be like, no, I don't care. I'm here for your music, your family background, just how you you know became who you are. And so, I it's mostly the vibe or the conversation. Um, and then sometimes I listen to people's music and I'm supposed to interview and the music is horrible. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Music is horrible. But I'm like, yeah, I can't really interview you. Try again and see what it sounds like later. And most of those artists will appreciate me being honest right. with them. And they'll, six months later, they'll send me another link and it has progression. Because sometimes you got to tell people what they really it. You can't be that yes man all the time. That's true. That's true. Like a yes man is not going to help any of us progress at all. No. It's not going to oh, do man. anything. Yeah, and, and nine times out of ten, yeah, even if you tell an artist manager or, you know, somebody on their team that, okay, you know, they need a little bit more work on this or whatever, they do appreciate that feedback. I mean, that's something that we have to seek out intentionally is to get feedback from other influencers, from our peers, so that we can grow and get better. Yes, ma'am. I think it takes some humility, too, because, you know historically rappers you know you brag about how you're the best how nice you are and all this kind of stuff so it does take some humility too to just say like can you listen to this what do you think what does it need i mean that's how i started rapping because i'm like you know this is brand new like i'm just now doing this i would like try different things with my voice i'd be like okay how do i sound you know and then my friends they would just keep it real with me they would just keep it straight like you need people around you who are gonna be honest with you and just give you that straight talk so you can get better Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So let me ask, how do you balance work with your life, that work-life balance? Like, what strengths do you have to make it all work? For me, 
Honestly, I'm a grad student too. I didn't add that. I am in grad school to get my master's in education, uh, curriculum and instruction. But um, mm-hmm. so what I do is I make time for myself. So when I get off work um, from uh, my you know working, I don't touch my work computer at all. I don't touch it. It's not getting touched because after I clock out, I'm done. Mm-hmm. If they need anything from me, they have till 6.30 p.m. to call me. After 6.30, it's not going to be a callback. <laughs> You're not going to hear from me again until about 6.30, 7.30 when I get in from work. Um, for school, uh, most of my classes are online. When you go to, I go to Prairie View for grad school also. Shout out to Prairie View and Master's of Education. They know what, because my school is HBCU and that's the border of HBCUs, they know that most of their students work 40 to 60 hours a week. They know that because we're African American students, but we're breaking generational curses to get these masters. So they know that we're working also to get these things done. So they don't really pile us with a lot of work. They pile us with intentional work, not busy work. Like they pile us with things that make, make sure that we can do it, get a good grade, and still be able to be prepared to go into our more professional position of our fields. Um, and with blogging, I reserve that for the weekends, um, usually after I have class, or holidays. So when I, like this holiday break, I, I do a lot of blogging. You just have to make time for yourself. Like you have to tell yourself, I'm done, I'm clocked out. Because if you try to do work from home, even in the pandemic when I was working from home, or we're still in the pandemic, but even during the quarantine when I was working from home, I literally, like after five o'clock, after I got offline teaching with my students, I went outside, spaced out and worked out for like 30 minutes. And then I came back in the house and I chilled and watched, you know, new music videos or movies. And then woke up again at seven, started all over again. But I made sure that I set at least two to, two to three to four hours to myself. And that's what people have to do. If that means working on a business or if that means just doing nothing at all, that's what you need to do every day because that that work, that work going to be there. It's going to be there <laughs> regardless. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like you have a great way of balancing it all out. You make time for yourself. I mean, because not only are you working, you're also attending school. You have kids. No, ma'am, no, ma'am. Okay, no mm-hmm. kids, because, you know, some people, they say, okay, well, do it while you can. Like, enjoy your freedom while you can, because once you have kids, it gets twice as hard. But I've seen women with several kids put themselves through nursing school. They still got their degrees afterwards, so there's really no excuse. Like, you can do it. But it's good to have a support system on your side as well when you yes. know what's on your what's on your plate. When you know you got to work hard, you got a busy workload, you're working 40 to 60 hours a week, you're in grad school and all this, it is good to have a support system that knows everything that you're going through. So how do you create boundaries? Like I know this can be kind of hard sometimes for us to tell people no or to establish some boundaries to say, okay, I can't do that for you right now. Or I don't have time for that. I'm sorry. Like, how do you let the people who care about you, your friends and family, like, how do you communicate your boundaries to them in a way to where they don't get offended when you have to tell them, like, I don't have time for you? Um, so what I do, cause I, my friends know I'm busy. So for me, it's a different situation. But my friends, they be knowing I'm busy. They know that I'm trying to start, not trying to start my own business, but I'm in the startup of my business. They know that I go to school. They know that I work to provide myself until my business takes off. So they just know, like, even in college, I was a part of, like, three different organizations at one time. 
And I actually dragged one of my friends to the organization <laughs> so I could spend more time with her. Shout out to my homegirl. They just know, like, they, I've been a go-getter since I was 17, since I was able to legally put my name down on a application at work. So they just know. So it's also important to have people that you can communicate that with them, but also have friends that understand it. So for me, just telling my friends from a friend standpoint, standpoint, like, hey, I'm a great friend, but I'm not one of those clingy friends. I'm on the go all the time. But if you want to go grab a drink, tell me the place and time, and we could go to Prospect, which is a place in Houston. We can grab a drink, happy hour. We could eat some lamb chops and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? And then at a certain time, I got to dip and go. But when it comes to dating, it's kind of hard because my age, I'm 26, most women my age are either working one or two, one job, going to school full time, like even if it's grad school, or they're doing like nightlife hustle, like bottle girling, you know, doing those Mm -hmm. nightlife things Mm -hmm. and during the day they're free. So it's very hard for me to date. I would say men that actually do like me respected in what they do is they respect that boundary but they also plan things that get strategic so they be like okay well she can't up and jump so let me go ahead and reserve this uh dinner at papa Do's and tell her what time i'm gonna come pick her up so she can know to be ready and they show up at that time or if they're running late they tell me hey i'm 20 minutes late but don't think i'm not coming like i know how valuable your time is so they'll show up and they'll do that so it's, it's kind of you set that boundary in what your friends or what that guy that you're interested in or female that you're interested in um, moves forward and does. So if they don't respect the boundary, they don't understand your time is valuable, then you shouldn't be around that person or you should be trying to date that person. It, it hurts, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It can be kind of painful sometimes, but, you know, when you're holding on to your convictions and just staying focused on the things that are important to you. I mean, it is good to just keep people around you who they get it and they respect it and they work around your boundaries too. But I know that can be kind of hard sometimes to date, especially if you're not really spontaneous. Like somebody the other day, they said, if someone is not willing to be spontaneous, they're basic. That, that is crazy. Cause I think that's more for convenience. Like I've, it was probably a guy that was like, I hate to say it, but a guy that's used to being with a woman that is like instantly following his lead or a woman that, I don't want to say don't have too much going on, but to do the basic things like go to work nine to five or go to work seven to four, get off work and got time to, to do whatever. Don't have like things scheduled and stuff like that. So, and if that's the type of woman he wants, that's cool. Like, there's no problem with it. Or if that's the type of man or woman wants, that's cool. No problem with it. But some women aren't like that. Some men right. aren't like that. You got to plan things because time is, is still valuable. Even if you still work a nine to five, you still have need time to sleep to get ready for work and prepare for work the next morning. So, like, you know, it's just, it teaches on. So, like, really quickly, this is, like, off topic, but still kind of on topic. <laughs> So Kevin Samuels, he like he would stir up a lot of controversy where he would say that women, they're just so focused on their careers. They're so focused on their degrees and whatnot, but they're not focused on making a family. They're not interested in their man, marriage, or having a child. Like, what do you think about that? I think that is a inaccurate depiction. I think he wants his old-timey idea of a woman that thinks that marriage is the final goal because we're in a generation where women don't think marriage is the only goal. Like, yes, I want to get married, but I don't 
think that it's everything. Like, if I get my career and my child but don't get married, will I be kind of sad? Yes, but I'll still be okay because I just it just didn't happen. But if I get all three, which I do manifest and I do pray mm-hmm. for, yes. that would be great. It's just we're a generation of women that we had our own bank accounts when we were 16. We've seen women graduate from college. We've seen women, I literally remember watching women on TV have their own business, like on, on Instagram have their own business. So we're just different. We just don't, you know, and no, you know, there's women out here. My mom works a nine to five. She's in our director for education. That's one reason I like education. She mm-hmm. actually wanted to own her own daycare, but she never got a chance to. She got sick, so she never got a chance to. Mm-hmm. But my mom was ambitious. My dad is still ambitious. Mm-hmm. And he accepted my mother for that. They made sacrifices. They had kids, and it kind of slowed them down. But I think the our generation of women, we've seen the having kids and get married slow us down to the point where we're more focused on the getting everything we want out of our career, our ambition first, before we fully throw ourselves to a man or fully throw ourselves to a family and kids. We want to at least be able to see if we can get our dreams off the ground yes. and see the world a little bit before we fully do that because some women regret not doing that first and it's a, it's a generation of women that don't want to regret we want to live our lives really. yeah that's true and the best way to come into a relationship too is 100 percent whole not 50 50 mm-hmm. where i need someone to complete me like you should come into the relationship complete with your goals completed and manifested just like you said and that way you're a whole happy healthy person who your cup is running over so now not only are your needs met but you have a surplus now you have some to give to your mate and they can do the same for you Mm -hmm. well t donay i thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today now let everybody know how can we find you and check out your blog and everything you got going on Alright, so my blog is Female Hip Hop Now underscore. So at Female Hip Hop Now underscore. And you can follow me on my personal page at Nate Guy Sister. That is my personal page at Nate Guy Sister. And just follow the page, follow the blog. You can also subscribe to YouTube at Female Hip Hop Now. Or just the updates on all up and coming artists. I do a whole lot of interviews on females and males from the deep south, Arkansas, Mississippi. So y'all can follow that. And just if you want to see positive hip hop content, just hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button. Well, that's what's up. Well, that does it for another episode of the First Fridays podcast at thegodcollection.com. Shout out to all the SoundCloud listeners. And make sure you keep it locked and we'll bring it back for another one and another one and another one. And we out. Thank you. Thank you so much.